There's that moment in time that can change everything. For any vocally talented singer, auditioning for a top competition reality show like NBC's The Voice can be nerve-wracking, somewhat intimidating, and yet, when you've been living, breathing, and imbrued in music, especially gospel music, a moment in time like that can happen often, especially when your gift is used to glorify God. All the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough. Never be enough. Towers of gold is still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it will never be enough. Never be enough for me. All I can say is wow. Interludes concludes its celebration of Black Music Month with international recording artist Jesse Campbell, a finalist with NBC's The Voice, single father, and a Chicago native who became resilient through his triumphs and setbacks in the music industry. Through it all, Jesse became a vocal warrior in R&B and gospel, illuminating a path for other singers and vocalists throughout this country and the world. Welcome to the resilient journey of Jesse Camel. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a Peer Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by... Need help with wills, trusts, or protecting your LLC? Join Legal Shield today. Text the word LEGAL to 347-652-0243 for more information. And now, all the way from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val The Voice Johnson. Interludes Extra Talk on Tuesdays loves to highlight talented voices in film, television, and music. My extreme thanks to friend of the show and talented stunt coordinator, April Wheaton, for bringing this brilliantly blessed talent before our virtual live audience. What a pleasure for myself, Coach Tony Thompson, and others to learn about the international recording artist, Jesse Camel, and his journey to NBC's The Voice and beyond. I want to thank April for this introduction for letting me go ahead and tell me about this young man and one thing that I I will say is when you are in this industry in this music industry you have just got to be you've got to be careful you got to guard your heart but if you love what you do it will just come out it'll just come out and and I have to say 
uh, the, the music industry is constantly evolving. It's, it's always changing. We have this wonderful guest. Uh, he was a finalist for The Voice in the second season. And I love supporting Chicago natives. And he's a, a single father and just phenomenal based out of Los Angeles. And he is going to be performing uh, for his birthday, which is wonderful. And so we want to bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I love doing wonderful introductions. Oh, wait, wait, I went right past the introduction that I want to do. Mr. Jesse Camel, welcome to Interludes. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you're muted. You're muted. I can't hear you. <laughs> hey, Val. All right, you missed all of that. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well, but I'm more gray now than that photo. <laughs> that means that's a lot of wisdom there. That's what that you better means. Better believe it. I know. Yeah. And, and and the wisdom didn't show when I covered it up with my daughter's eyebrow pencil that was in the car <laughs> before my photo shoot. Let me try this. Everybody else talking about I should die. Let me see what it's like. She's like, Dad, it's way too dark. <laughs> What is going on with that? Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, that that's amazing. As I mentioned earlier, you're you're a Chicago native, a devoted father, and one of the finalists from the second season of NBC's The Voice. Number one, can you share with us some of your thoughts on the current state of the music industry? Well, I for one, I listen to you know different music. And if I don't feel it early on, I just go to a different song, different station or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't really feel it. If I'm not feeling it, I don't really know what to say about it. But, um, you know, it's 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 everything like today's time. You know, it's just quick. Hurry up. Let's get it done. But I got to tell you, I appreciate uh, Bruno Mars and uh, Anderson Pot. Mm -hmm. uh, because they go back and get the old old songs and they, they do it justice, <laughs> you know? So I appreciate that they put time into it. And uh, I just appreciate the fact that they are, you know, keeping that alive, which is so different than today. Today, you can have AI create a song and sounds good, but yeah, you can't feel it. I know. And I, it this is horrible because I'm there has been a couple of deep fake songs that have come out where it's they say it's an artist but it actually isn't and I heard some pushback from a couple of artists Drake and Ice Cube and a few others but is there there's got to be a market for real vocals real talent performing versus AI it's got to yeah. be right yeah, I believe it is. I mean, AI is it's still evolving, and they mm -hmm. are developing this um, this technology, and um, you know we're not there yet yet, um, but we're getting there. But the thing is, you'll be able to differentiate that from you know AI from you know the feeling that you get from a human, <laughs> you know. But uh, it does make it easier for. Uh, independent artists where they don't have to depend on musicians and certain type of writers and things like that 
you know, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. But uh, I, for one, I don't even like to use auto-tune when I'm recording, certainly when I'm not performing. So mm -hmm. when it comes to a AI, I just, I don't feel it whatsoever um, when, as it pertains to my performing. So, and I just try not to judge it, but it is what it is. And it's what the young people, how they mm -hmm. express themselves. And if there's an easier way for them to do that, a more efficient way, I should say then, you know, more power to them. What advice would you give someone, you know, trying out for, let's say, The Voice or American Idol or some type of competition uh, song, or I want to call it reality shows. What advice would you give someone entering into that stage and going for being discovered in that regard? Is, is, is that a great way to be discovered or, or develop your career? Well, Val, I mean, it's like what what they need to understand is that when you sign up and you sign on that dotted line, it's anything goes because mm -hmm. it's reality TV. And a lot of people don't understand how much uh, scripting goes into that. Uh, and that's like one of those things you don't really talk about. But um, if you go into it with the mindset of exposure, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting exposure. Then you're okay. Don't be attached to the outcome. You always go and you you do your best. You prepare prepare for the worst as far as standing in line and prepare for the no's. But as long as you continue to do your best and continue to audition over and over and over again, hey, you'll get to the point where you may accept the fact, you know what? I did my best. And when it's all said and done, you want to be able to know that and say that to yourself. Uh, so in my case, I did everything I knew to do, raising my daughter and um, and making the sacrifices. Uh, just after auditioning multiple times for America's Got Talent, X Factor and The Voice, I was like, wow, God, you know what? I didn't spend money. I've gone to different cities and I'm just grateful for the opportunity and all of the things that you've blessed me to do in the past prior to this auditioning process. And I'm just grateful. So, mm -hmm. all right, what are we gonna do now? Because I did that. There's no looking back. There's mm -hmm. no feeling sorry for myself. I know I did my best. And if they don't feel that I'm good looking enough, that I have um, a single dad raising a gorgeous, intelligent, uh, a loving daughter and uh, a great voice, then, hey, they must not be looking for this. So how am I going to continue my education in spiritual psychology? Because it's really expensive. So longer story shorter, I knew I needed like $1,600 in two weeks. So when I flew back home, mm -hmm. um, I said, well, I'm just going to accept singing engagements for whatever people could afford. And I'm going to go and sing on Third Street Promenade, which is what I had to do to make it through the first year. And the school was the University of Santa Monica, a school wow. of spiritual psychology. Mm. So um, so that was on a Sunday when I made that vow to myself. But that Wednesday, someone called and asked me to do a mini concert at their church that following Sunday, just four days later. So I'm like, Okay, great. Thank you, God. We're going to get the money we need. Yes, yes. So, because I charge a lot of money. So, uh, he said, okay, well, 
we 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 got a seventy-five dollar honorarium for you. And I'm like, oh hell no! I wish I would. I wish I and something said you said. And I was like, oh, I couldn't even get the thought out. God, man, I sure did, didn't I? I said, okay, sir, I'll be there. So I showed up and I began to sing the required four songs. And there was such a reciprocating love mm -hmm. that I ended up singing seven songs. Wow. And by the time I left, they, well, she allowed people to give into my hands on their way out the door. And I left with $780. Wow. So the next day, after having half of what I needed, the speaker called. And the speaker was Della Reese, touched by an angel. There you go. And she called and she said, baby, I was so moved by what you did. I called a son of mine and he has a show called The Voice. Now, I wow. couldn't remember your name, so I told him it was Austin Powers. So <laughs> when you when, when you meet him, tell him that's your stage name, but your real name is Jesse Campbell. Now, we need to get him some music. I rushed home, gathered the music. She got it to him. The next day after auditioning in two different cities, twice... Mm -hmm. They asked me to be on the show 30 days into their second season. Mm. So I had favor. And it just happened as a result of me, me being true to myself, doing what I know to do and keeping my word. So I've been working on integrity for some years now. And as a result of that work, it brought about great results. And that's how I made it on the show. Now, I performed five times before over 30 million people. Uh, mm -hmm. Each, I had a vision board of making it onto a reality show for, it was a year before. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. my desire was X Factor because I wanted to get to Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> the major channels, the major uh, like ABC in the corner, CBS in one corner, Fox Good. down here, NBC over there. I had mm -hmm. movie theaters on there and uh those things came to pass. I was on NBC. I was on the Tonight Show. I was in the movie theaters. They used me as the commercials. So wow. it actually came to pass. So whatever you think and you feel about is what you're going to bring about. Hopefully you're going to think and feel something good as I did. And it literally manifested after I did the work that's required that goes along with the faith. And then it actually produced results after I did everything I knew to do and just said, I'm grateful, God. And when my time ended on the show, I mm -hmm. went off like a champ. I said, you know, I lived a dream. And the reason why I say I went off like a champ is because they removed me in an unjust way. And I mm -hmm. later was asked to be a part of a lawsuit to Ooh. sue the voice wow. and the creators of the show. Wow. But I chose not to because mm. I said, I'm going to let God fight my battles and I love this industry and they're not going to blackball me. But they did blackball me to cover their tracks. But I still didn't sue them. And because Della Reese is the one that got me on the show mm. through Mark Burnett and he and I became pretty cool. So then that mean I would sue him as well. So I'm like, you know what, God, I'm going to let you fight this battle. But before I got to that place, they released me and mm -hmm. Carson Daly gave me the microphone when it was a shocker to everyone. I said, you know, I lived a dream because the world didn't know I had a vision board. Mm -hmm. But I, I lived a dream and how I relate to myself while in the process becomes the process. And I'm grateful. 
So as a result of me and great me being grateful for all that God had done for me as a result of the gift of making room by traveling with Preflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, singing on different gospel artist albums and having been to 12 countries singing good news, then I end up saying I'm grateful when they released me from the show and I'm still receiving things to be grateful for. Like being here with you, Val. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, amazing. I And I knew your story was incredible. And that's kind of that, I want to call it the Chicago resilience and I God like resilient, God resilience. And like that. a lot of people are not familiar. You, your father was a minister and was very well known here in the Chicagoland area. And yeah. you were around music all of your life. I heard some wonderful interviews done with you and you spoke about uh, the Winans and they were at your house. Rem mm -hmm. Kind of walk me back with being around music and being inspired by literally the church and kind of the gospel roots of it all. Sure. Well, we had a very progressive church on the west side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. We had a, a beautiful, powerful choir. We had we had we had two keyboard players, Ooh. well, an organ keyboard player, a piano player. We had guitar. We had lead. We had a, a three piece percussion set uh, 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 um, group. We had uh, a congos. We had it all. Ooh. And dad was one of the most, if not the most, powerful preachers in the city of Chicago. So whenever wow. these gospel groups and artists would come to Chicago, they'd always come to our church because we had these midnight musicals. Uh, and uh, it was just one of the top places to be. But a lot of times, some of those artists would stay at our home. And mm -hmm. the Winans were the most frequent guests. And they were just we they were just fun, loving, mainly it was always Ronald and Marvin. And okay. so one day, because they love to play video games too. So we were all just video game buffs, especially Marvin Wines. He did not like to lose. But one day I'm walking around the crib, I'm doing my chores, and uh, that's when they heard me. And we we're on our way to a choir rehearsal on a Tuesday night, and uh I said Ronald. But Marvin said it was him. But Ronald said, hey, y'all, Jesse can sing. And my dad was like, Jesse can't sing. Jesse's a drummer. And I'm 16. Like, how could you not know I sing? Man. But <laughs> fact of the matter, then Marvin said, no, Jesse can sing. So my dad made me learn a song at the choir, at, uh, at choir rehearsal that evening. And the first song, I believe, was I know the harvest is right. Real high voice as a 16-year-old. But the laborers are few. You need someone who will work until the day's through. I hear your call. And if you want someone to go, I'll go. Hey. I'll go. Send me oh. I'll go. And that was the beginning of it all. And that's how I started singing. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Need help with wills, trusts, or protecting your LLC? Join Legal Shield today. For more information regarding legal protection or to join our worldwide sales team, text the word LEGAL to 347-652-0243. And now, back to our show. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That is, that's amazing. And like I said, Thank that, you. 
journey of growing as a singer and coming from because musicians I feel hide especially I have musicians in my family they're talented but you find out they can sing and you're like what you just thought you were the keyboardist you just thought you were the the percussionist or the person just tambourine but they open Mm -hmm. I don't know you open you put that mic and you open your mouth and you're like wow that works (laughs) it works I have to say that you have a YouTube channel. I was checking out. I see you in your car. I was meaning to grab some of the some of the pictures of yourself being in the car. And you're like, I, this is a song that I love. And I heard, I think you did, it was either Earth Song. It was one of the songs from Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I remember Michael singing this song, but why am I getting emotional listening to Jesse sing this song? And then I remembered you being on the voice. And I remember I told you, I'm like Issa Rae. I root for for everybody black, no diss to anybody else. So I remember voting for you and cheering you on because they're like, yes, he's from Chicago. And I'm like, yes. Uh, What I'm going to do, coach, if you're here, I think I see you. I'm going to see if he has any questions for you. This is another Chicago native coach. What up, coach? Hey, hey, but hey, we south side of the city, though, Jess. <laughs> I forgive you. It's all good. Hey, I, I, you know how you know how back in the day that was, man. But hey, man, yep. I really appreciate you. I, I like, and, and also, by the way, you're gonna respect this. I am in now Nashville, Tennessee, home of the winers. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. BB, a CC, CC. You didn't know that about? Yeah, yeah, Nashville, native, born and raised here. Very good friends with Oprah Winfrey. They do a lot of things in Nashville for the gospel community. It's awesome. Yeah, that's true. And I and I have to say that staying resilient, and this is, I'll kind of wrap with this. What has been, I want to say, your North Star in keeping you encouraged through the through the ups and downs being in this music industry and performing well i mean my daughter played a big part but i am one and when i perform on a sunday evening um for my birthday bash concert i'm going to tell them the story and i'm going to tell them the story toward the breakdown of because I love you, Lenny Williams. Oh, 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 oh. Do y'all mind if I tell a story of mine? I love me some Lenny Williams, but hopefully y'all got enough from the first part of the song. But now I need you all to hear me. And I'm going to tell them in that space of Mm -hmm. how I started out. Mm-hmm. Sang that song I sang for you, you guys. And yes, mm-hmm. God said I'll send you. Sent me. Then I sang on another guy's album by the name of uh, uh, first album was Timothy Wright. Master, can you use me? Sing just mm-hmm. a little bit of that. And I then after that, that yes, uh-huh. God said I want to use you. Then God began to send me other places, and I did a contract, uh, recorded a contract, signed a contract on Capitol Records. And the song was When You Cry, I Cry. You know I feel your pain, girl. I know what you feel inside. Cause I believe every time I close my eye, I cry again. And after I get through singing that, then I got then I I I, I was convicted. I didn't want to do it anymore. I gave up the contract. 
And then Capitol Records dropped all of their black artists. And I just recently learned that the same oh, wow. uh, that, that same year, uh, Tevin Campbell, I just watched the interview of his and Warner Brothers dropped all of their black artists. That same what? year, 1996, Capitol, all of their black artists were dropped from the label. But wow. I said, I don't want to do it anymore before they dropped all the black artists. Now, then Daryl Porter, Daryl McDavid, they were responsible, sent me out to uh, New York, flew me out there and set up a meeting with Clive Davis. So I was mm -hmm. going to be his, his male Whitney Houston. Two weeks before the meeting, I canceled it. I gave it up. Then after that, then I had a wonderful opportunity to, uh, I signed with Cunningham S. Scott and Dupini. Big, thick contract to do voiceovers and animation. And they said that I was going to make them so wealthy and they only got 5%. So three months later, they called me in. I was still traveling with Jake's and Creflo Dollar and doing all these big conferences and things like that, singing, his eye, is on the sparrow and I know he'll watch over over me yeah so I was still doing that I know right and so <laughs> we need you to make a choice and once again I gave that up as well but oh. the thing is after I gave up so many of those opportunities then I hit rock bottom and as a result of hitting rock bottom, then I found out who the rock was because after I cried myself sick, then I heard the voice of God and it said, study the origin of your faith. Ah. Wasn't that deep? That I couldn't have thought deep. of that. I couldn't I have, thought, have of thought of it. So I began to do that. And the gist mm -hmm. of what I've gotten since 2008 was that God is all there is and all there is is God. He created us mm -hmm. as divine beings and we are using and having this human experience to awaken to who God is in us. And all the other stuff has been set up against us to keep us from that truth, like in the matrix. But when we realize who we are, then in the spirit, we doing all the moves like Neo did and all that kind of stuff like a ha, you know? So that's kind of what I got. So that's the gist of it. But I have come to the place where I don't judge anybody, anything, anywhere, of any time, simply because for me to judge them would be for me to judge the creator of all this. And because the creator is in me, I'm judging myself. So once I begin to accept, then I feel like the whole spirit of God accepted me. And so what happened was then that gift of life and that gift of understanding as a result of getting it, Mm -hmm. Then that's when the doors begin to open. Now I go on the voice and then that happened after the voice, right? I mean, that happened before the voice. And mm -hmm. when I was on the voice, case in point, I told a sister, she was the only one that worked there behind the scenes. And I saw her every time before I went live, before we did the uh, uh, performance. And I told her, I said, you know what? I'm going to be the first artist to the first uh, contestant to return as a sitting judge. Yes. So she went and told everybody. Oh. And they hated me even more for it. Oh. But oh, the man. fact is, <laughs> when they released me, now I said I, how I went off, you know, like a champ before, but two days later, I wanted to go through that place like Jesus in the temple, start smacking some cameras and turning <laughs> over some tables, kicking some folks. But <laughs> no, but now 2013, the next year, the voice 
of Vietnam asked me to be the guest recording artist for the finale of their first season. So while I'm over there as the guest recording artist to close out their first season, I'm looking Mm -hmm. at these Asian kids like, what? Can you you speak? Go go tell her to come here. She just butchering Halo. Come here. Okay, look, I need you to say, hey, hey, throw it out there. Hey. Hey, good. Now say low. You're not yo, but low. Now low. put this together. Hey, low. Hey, low. Very good. Very, very good. Now go get him over there because he's just tearing Michael Jackson up and he's just hurting my heart. Tell him to come here. All right, now look, let me help you out. So fact of the matter is then they offered me to be one of the four sitting judges on The Voice of Vietnam. Now I said all that to say this because I was still raising my daughter and I didn't want to uproot her from the possibilities Mm -hmm. of having a better and a closer relationship with her mother, I chose to give it up. Mm -hmm. So when I said earlier that my daughter was a big reason because I needed to provide for her and this was the best Mm -hmm. way, now that my daughter just graduated, from college, San Diego State University in the field of uh, San Diego, in the field of us, uh, thank you, sustainability. Two weeks before the graduation, she tells me, "Oh, Dad, I got accepted in a study abroad program in France." Oh, yes, I'm like, "Hey, how much is that gonna cost?" So that was several thousand dollars. I escorted her to Paris, France. I mean, a part of France, and then from France, while I was there, then some other people found out, and they invited me to perform in Italy, in Venice. Everything first class from Venice going back to Paris, back wow. to uh, 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 France on the on the connecting flight. Then I got a call to go back to L.A. to do a memorial service and they wanted me to leave the next day. But I'm like, look, y'all got to pay me my full fee. OK, fine. It worked out. But now the baby girl is grown. Now mm-hmm. it's about me. But I did pass up that opportunity in Vietnam because it was for my daughter. But now that she's grown, now it's time to do me. It was my faith that kept me. It was meant for me to go through the hard times. It was meant for me to go through all of the ups and downs while getting the understanding to come to know who God is in me. Therefore, I don't hold any judgments. I just try my best to love everybody, not judge them. And as a result, it has been directing my path to the point now I'm working with four different producers and I'm putting on this concert in Chicago, my birthday birthday bash concert, where it's the first of many to come. And I'm just ready to take whatever spot God has for me in this industry. Wonderful. And, and definitely. I'll the DJ for you, Jesse. Let me know, baby. I pack <laughs> hey. up an old school 80s baby. So we drop some house music, some old gospel house. Yeah. I, I come back home and do it just like we got the old Hot Mix 5 in, in, in Jackson Park, baby. Woo, nice. <laughs> so you so you willing to come back to Chicago to do some of that? I'll be home, and, and matter of fact, I'll be home next weekend. While I'm there, we can sit down and talk about something. I'll make sure Val get you my info. All right, I love it. I love it. And so, sounds good. And so, Jesse will be at the Anthony Center for the Arts, the sanctuary, and that's here in Chicago. There's the information. I'll ask Kevin to put the information in the chat, but go ahead. It is this coming Sunday. This is a great concert to go check out. Sunday, July 2nd. Mm-hmm. The showtime is 6 30. People should get yep. there early, right, Jesse? Doors open at 5. Concert starts 6 30. I'm off the stage at 8 o'clock. I am very prompt. I'm try to <laughs> stall a little bit, but not much because the parking, it's just street parking, but they said it's usually no problem. And I think I'm the only one in this big converted church into 
and entertainment space for the arts. So that means it should be more space. But what perfect, what better place for me to perform than in a situation like that? So after eight o'clock, then we're going down to the uh, area where we've got a DJ down there doing his thing. You know, okay. next time I know now, you know, Coach Tony, but the fact is we're gonna be down there. We're gonna dance for about two, maybe even three hours. And uh, hopefully somebody gonna get wise and bring me a big cake. Hey, shoot. <laughs> You know, but uh, but we're gonna be down there having a good time for about three hours, two three hours afterwards. So, oh, wonderful, wonderful! Thank you so very much, and guys, give for tickets. Please call three one two four two one. 4600 he's an excellent moderator i love him and i'll go ahead and put the link to those tickets in the chat as well um uh, mark says you're looking real sharp in that hey. post <laughs> yes yes thank you thank you i've been at planet fitness trying to fit in that jacket ever since i've been here <laughs> they know me by name at the planet fitness in tenley park there you go baby they oh do. my gosh oh my gosh jesse Jesse Camel, thank you so very yes. much for joining us on tonight. I, when April told me about you, I knew I had to have you on, and you were the perfect, wonderful culmination of uh, June being Black Music Month. You are music, and God has definitely blessed you and your voice. We thank, thank you, you and we're going to be encouraging folks to come see you July 2nd, Sunday, to celebrate Yes, yes ma'am. Thank you. Well, hey, but also now, if you guys follow me, I, I remember performing in Hollywood. Sometimes I perform with these uh, twenty-year-olds. <laughs> I, I can't. I gotta tell you, Coach Tony, that that's a challenge because I'm like, no, I want yeah, you yeah. to play it this way. But right. no, it's gonna be okay. No, don't don't have me call you a name. I want you to play it my way. No, it'll right. be okay. What do you mean it's gonna? All right, just do it. Hey, that's because that's because that's because you use the real instrument. And they use the stuff that's made up. Man, <laughs> look, they made it up. They did what they they did, and I did what I was going to do right on top of it. And the right, one, I, I told Val, I had, I had to get Val, and Val, I don't, I love you to death. You my girl, but I want, I gotta protect my girl, my girl, Patty Labelle. Right. The reason why the people yeah, that was, was talking too. earlier, the reason mm -hmm. why Patty Labelle had problems, she did not forget any words and she did not have a bad performance. What happened was the people that was in the audience were so tall, they stood up in front of the teleprompter and Patty could not see the words. So as she was oh. singing, the words kind of blurred out. So, you know, because she's Patty. Obviously, you could say she should have learned the words, but when you're a star, you got to learn another star's word or album or song. Sometimes that's difficult without the words. So when the people kept jumping up and they were cheering and cheering and cheering, they kept blocking the teleprompter. Oh. That's why it sounded choppy, not because she lost her place or lost the words. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happened to me when I was in Italy. I said, well, I can do these songs, but I need the teleprompter. And they had the teleprompter, but he didn't have the right person working it. So he spoke Italian and he didn't know how to follow me. And I'm like, ah, ah, you know, I'm like, man, this is horrible, you know? So, but I said, never again. And I had to sing Michael Jackson's uh, uh, Man in the Mirror. Yeah, oh. they messed up the words. I'm looking for the right. No, no, yeah, you singing the wrong words. Are yeah, yeah. So that's a magic meaning. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for no. 
just be looking for the teleprompter for the lyrics. Right. <laughs> hey, that's what it sounds like without the teleprompter. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Thank you for representing like that. But it happens, you know. Sometimes it's, it's technology, and uh, sometimes, like when I did the performance in uh, Vietnam. The, the only person there that could speak English, he was telling me he was doing this, doing this. And I'm like, why is he doing that? I'm still performing. So I just pulled my in-ear out. And I want you to know that the audience had a different, a totally different pitch key. And it was about five seconds faster. Wow. Technology. Wow. So that's yeah. why when I saw her, I was snacking on something. I was like, oh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> guys it's horrible but it happens I, I know and i, I felt horrible too because I, I love patty but i was just thinking what happened and she says you see what's happening right and she and she powered through and then lakeisha <laughs> said exactly but i'm sitting here going oh my gosh this is patty how come why, why was it acting in that way but that makes coach yeah. that makes complete sense and the last thing valerie is that age a lot of Stevie Wonder forgets his words to his own song. Yeah, Snoop Dogg said that, but that's a lot of weed. Uh, uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It happens. <laughs> I, I thought that helped because I was yeah, gonna go look for too. some myself, but it's not right. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Luther Vandross, I got there on myself and down down the mud, nah, 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 nah. I need to get some of whatever. It's gonna work. <laughs> so yeah, work it out, brother. We're gonna work it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you and you got Mark in North Carolina said, wish I was celebrating there in Chi-Town with you guys. Yeah, yeah. it would be great. It would be We're going to represent. We're going to represent. But please go ahead and subscribe to Jesse's YouTube channel because I'm subscribed and I have been able to witness a lot of songs that he does in his own voice. And if you want to see it in person, if you're here in Chicago, he'll be at the Center for the Arts on July 2nd. Jesse. Thank you so very thank much. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Coach Tony. Appreciate you guys. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate you, Val. Yay, Jesse. <laughs> to watch our entire interview with international recording artist Jesse Campbell, please visit our Interludes YouTube channel. Have you seen it? It's entertainment reviews, fabulous interviews, and sports you can use. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat. Interludes. Original concept by Valerie Johnson. Written by Michael Womble. Produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a Peer Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by... Need help with wills, trust, or protecting your LLC? Join Legal Shield today. For more information regarding legal protection or to join our worldwide sales team, text the word LEGAL to 347-652-0243. Become a future sponsor or advertiser on our podcasting platform by visiting our website today. To subscribe to our YouTube channel 
or join Interlude's Facebook group, visit the website linktree slash peerlightmedia. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash peerlightmedia. Peerlightmedia.